0: Fell right down that rabbit hole. So reality is questionable. Try, but you just can't let it go. These two right here pull on the show. It's paranormal, overload with southern hospitality. Hard that murder mayhem tip while discussing immortality. Locations with a dark past, history that comes to life. Hillbillies with a knack for everything that goes bump at night. Hope Overthinking to be by yourself. These two will have you turning on the lights. Mixing in a little comedy to make sure it all fits in just right. Hey. Welcome to Hillbilly
1: Horror Story. Now here's your host, Jerry and Tracy
2: Paul, and their dog, Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to this little special bonus episode we got. It's a special treat. That was our new intro song done by Tragic Times, who obviously did the last one. A little bit different. We wanted something a little creepier, a little bit of an update. Doesn't mean that we're going to completely get rid of the old one. But thought it would be cool coming into our sixth year of doing this to maybe have a little change of pace. And maybe we'll still throw the other one in there and use this for some other stuff. But just thought it would be cool to break it out on this special interview that we were doing with Daylan Spratt. What we are going to play for you is the about 40-minute interview that we got to do with Ghost Brother, Daylon Spratt, live at Terror Town up in Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: That was so fun. He is legit the nicest person ever.
2: He is. And we got to, because Tracy uh, wussed out and didn't go (laughs) on the haunted trail afterwards. But uh, myself and and, uh, the promoters... Allison, Erica, and Dalen all went out. So I got to pal around with them for about an hour and a half. We also got to see a lot of the the behind-the-scenes stuff with uh, the creators of Terror Town, James and Matt. They've been doing this for about three years. They've got stuff that they have collected. I know James has stuff he said he's collected since he was a kid. They have a huge glass jar that has a real human head in it. I don't know how old this thing is, but it's more or less just like The face and skin, uh, it was gruesome. It's real. And then they've got another one that's got like a a slice of a brain in it. I didn't ask how he got these things. Not my concern. But I just know it was there and it's pretty damn creepy. This place is phenomenal. I want to tell you a little bit about Terror Town, but then we're going to play the interview. And the interview is absolutely awesome. Dalen talks about some of his experiences and talks about how they got into the paranormal and his story he tells about when he was seven years old is phenomenal and all by itself. But just you're going to find this, you're going to find him to be a very humble young man that is as as sincere as anybody I've ever met in the paranormal industry.
1: Yeah, he's really great. And um, it's like Jerry said, he is very humble and he's just so appreciative of everything that he's achieved in his life. And he should be. And uh, just like like I said, he's an awesome, awesome young man.
2: Like I said after I got to hang with him literally for a couple of hours as we we're going through this tour and just talking and just grabbed some food over about some of the events that were going on. And it's just like the the whole time this is happening, it's like you would never know that this is a celebrity. Yeah, he's yeah. he's because he tells in the interview that. uh he kind of is a loner. He likes. He's the guy at the party. is usually in the corner by himself. Or and you could see that he he comes across. Mm-hmm. He comes across as when you get him away from the the microphone is very shy. Yeah, it's kind of fun. He can kind of turn it on, I guess, for the yeah. cameras or what have you. But
1: he's got what he needs to make it work. But so. really
2: enjoyed it. So let's talk Terror Town real quick, and then we'll play the interview. This place is just outside of Cincinnati. It's in a place called Williamsburg, Ohio, and. Man, it's I've never been to a haunted attraction that's like this. It's when, really cool. When, I mean, when you come to the place, it is set up like an an old,
1: like a ghost town. Or yeah, something. it's set up like
2: a ghost town, and I mean the 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 storefronts and all that. And I'll post I posted some pictures on um, Facebook, and I, we'll go ahead and post them in the group and stuff too, so you can see. them. But if you go to their website, and I'm going to post that here in the show notes. It shows you what the town and stuff looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's two parts. You've got the town that you can just wander through, and they have shops and stuff in the town, like I said, but it looks like something off of, you know, downtown Little House on the Prairie or or what have you. It's just, it's that old-time feel. And some of the places, like the main place where we did the show at, it has a main stage, but it also has a bar. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had karaoke after we were through.
1: Oh my gosh, I have never had so much fun. What I, I'm not—I mean, I like karaoke, but the people that were there were so much fun, and I just had a blast. I thought I'd stay inside. Where I, you know how I feel about them woods.
2: So. Right. so I mean, but the thing of it is, is like a lot of these haunted attraction places don't have other stuff to do, mm-hmm. but it's all horror themed, mm-hmm. and this is kind of like that. But I mean, like when you were in this room. You had tables and stuff set up, and you had, like I said, the they have all kinds of food you can get and bring in there and eat. Mm-hmm. They had food from like five or six different places. Yeah. I mean, everything from pizza to burgers to chicken tenders, you name it, they had all kinds of different food there, which was one thing that was a little different. I'm used to seeing some food trucks at some of these places, mm-hmm. but not the variety that this place yeah. had. So then you can sit down in there. You wouldn't even know you were at a haunted attraction if you were in this room. It literally was just like a big party. So... You can come do the haunted stuff, but also hang out and do karaoke and stuff. And I've never seen a haunted attraction that was set up like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: and man, it was hopping too.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just really cool. Mm-hmm. And you're walking around this, literally a town outside at nighttime, and you don't even think about the fact that you're at a, I guess, a made-up, set-up place. It's like you're really walking around at a yeah, tourist attraction.
1: No, it's true. It's legit.
2: So, Anyways, I thought that was really cool. They had a witch hanging to where they had the torches, and the townspeople brought a witch all through, you know, throughout the streets of town, took her to the gallows, and they do a setup to where they they do it just like they would if you was in the 1600s, where, you know, come to our town and be a witch and worship the devil and all, and just like somebody would have said back then, and then they actually do a, a, a it's not the most realistic, but I mean, it's as realistic as you can get today, yeah, to be safe, a little hanging right there, like at this gallows and everybody that was, it's like, they know they they do it at nine forty-five every night, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows us and they all gathered. So there was probably like 300 people out there that watched this. I got some recording of that that I'll, I might post on my social media. Also, then the thing Tracy crapped out on, <laughs> you can just enjoy the town itself and just have fun, have a mm-hmm. fun evening. But then you've got the haunted trail behind. And you can do this three different ways, or two different ways. I'm sorry. You can have a yellow band on your hand, or you can have a red wristband. And if you got the red wristband, it's pretty much all bets are off as far as they can kind of grab you and pull you away from the crowd. They throw, well, I guess it's fake blood on you. Uh, I mean, you're gonna if you get that red wristband, you're getting wet. Mm -hmm. And it's probably going to be some stuff that's not going to come out of your clothes. (laughs) Matter of fact, they sell, as you get ready to go, if you've got a red wristband, they give you an option to buy a white shirt that has their logo and stuff on it. And they ask you to take a picture of yourself in the shirt before Mm -hmm. and then a picture afterwards. (laughs) I know I took a picture of a lady who didn't get one of the shirts and she had... I don't know what it was. It looked like brain matter or something because <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all over her shirt. But it's like clumps of stuff. Oh my on top god! Of... Oh, and it was there was one part where this uh, this guy they put him up in a stockade, so you know he's got his wrist sticking out, yeah. his head sticking out, and they throw this bucket of stuff. And then they made one of his members in his group that had a respirator man throw a bucket of, of liquid on him. And then the lady got on top and like. She was, like, grabbing him by the shoulders and insulting him. And, I mean, it was it was pretty cool. Oh my it was pretty cool. I don't think I would be a red wristband kind of guy.
1: Well, you I know think, I
2: ain't. Because I wouldn't want to get wet. But hey, at the end, and I'm not going to spoil it, but if you go, at the end, there is a church. And it's a real church. Mm-hmm. That old-time little small church. Just like Little House on the Prairie. I keep bringing it up. But... What they do inside this church, I've never seen done in another haunted attraction, and it's really cool. And you'll get wet there too. Yeah. But I'm just saying, very, very theatrical what they do in there. And, uh, anyways, I just loved it so much, and and I wanted to tell you. So, like I said, in the show notes there'll be a link so you can go check it out. It's only twenty five bucks to get into the place, and if you do one of the wristbands, it's like thirty five bucks. Mm-hmm. But that gets you the town, the tour, stay as long as you like. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. So check it, it out, in the show notes.
2: Terror Town in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. If you Google it and it'll come up, it's awesome. Thanks. All right. You ready to listen to Daylen? I'm ready. How's everybody doing out there tonight? Woo! You can do better than that. Come on. <laughs> Woo! Woo! We are excited that Terror Town asked us to come out and be a part of this event. This place is absolutely outstanding. What do you guys think? Is the place great or what? Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Great.
2: And I'm sitting here thinking as we're walking around, man, what could make this place any better? What about the one and only Daylon Spratt?
0: Wow. Okay, okay. I'll take it. I will take it.
2: (laughs) All right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, my name's Jerry. This is my wife Tracy. Hey guys. We are the host of Hillbilly Horror Stories. It's a paranormal podcast, and uh, we are based out of Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, we were honored to be asked to come here and speak to Dalen. And we're going to let Dalen be the focus of this episode. People, who, our fans, hear us all the time. They don't get to hear yeah. one of the Ghost Brothers.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: So, Daylon, let's do this first. First of all, thanks for being here. We greatly appreciate it. No,
0: thank you for having me, guys. This is an amazing opportunity. Well, listen, man, I've been excited all week
2: to coming so up sweet. here. Yeah, thank you. for
0: sure, for sure.
2: Let's talk about your your shows. First of all, Ghost Brothers has been out for how long now?
0: So we've been doing Ghost Brothers for probably about six years. It's 2021, yes. It's been about six years we've been doing Ghost Brothers. But the idea itself it's probably been about ten, almost eleven years before wow. we, yeah, yeah, we came up with the idea for Ghost Brothers.
2: Newer show, Fright Club, uh-huh. with uh, Jack Osborne. Jack, what's oh it like gosh. working with Jack?
0: Jack is cool, man. Like it's funny. We uh, this we just finished filming our second season of Fright Club with Jack Osborne, So we filmed it probably about a month ago in Los Angeles, and uh, we went out to dinner with Jack, oh and it was just gosh. me, Jawan, and Marcus, and Jack. And we had like a real heart-to-heart conversation. And he, like, he literally asked us like, how did we view him? You know what I mean? Like, How did we really feel about him? But it was like a genuine, genuine question. And I was like, dang, in my mind, like I, I grew up watching you <laughs> and your family on television. Oh my gosh, and amazing. now it's just kind of cool. Like, you know, you're, the sincerity in you just asking what we think. But he's amazing. Like, he's amazing. Like, he, you would think someone like that might be entitled yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or be stuck up or whatnot. Nah, Jack is literally like one of the coolest people you'll ever meet.
2: I've yeah. heard his dad is exactly the same way. Really? Yeah. Really?
0: I haven't met the family yet, but uh, Jack is like amazing. No, Nothing right. bad to
2: say about Jack. So lucky. Yeah. I would love to meet him. Yeah. That'd be great. Now you say Ghost Brothers became an idea 10, 11 years ago. Yes. What sparked your interest in the paranormal?
0: So... A long time ago, man, I had uh, a crazy experience happen to me. When I was seven years old, I was visiting my grandmother. She lives in West Texas, a small little town called McCamey, Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows everybody in this small town. Mm -hmm. And uh, this so happened to be this summer that I was visiting her. I had an older cousin that lived out there, and her friend was dating a guy. They got into a domestic dispute. He ended up getting a gun and uh, shooting himself and shooting her.
1: Oh, man.
0: She survived. He ended up killing himself, right? So, like I said, this is a small town. Everybody knows everyone. I'm seven years old. My grandmother decides to go view the body. So she takes me and her best friend to this funeral home. Again, I'm seven years old, my first time ever seeing anything like this. And I remember walking into this church, right, Mm -hmm. old church like literally like the like the church (laughs) old church right didn't
2: have an upside down cross Uh, on it like that definitely
0: did not have an upside down (laughs) cross that's for sure but uh, I walked in and literally there was a casket at the front of the church and there was the young man wearing this light gray suit a white shirt and a thin black tie and I remember my grandmother and her friend walking me up to the casket and I just asked my grandmother I was just like he looks like he's asleep. Like, if he shot himself, why does he look... I don't know, just in my mind, That's at seven, seven years yeah. old, I had watched enough movies to know if you get shot, it's supposed to look a certain type of way. Right. And it didn't look like that. He looked sleep. And she was like, oh, baby, this funeral home does a great job. <laughs> just make sure that this is where I come. What is my time to go? Like, All right. But her friend... Her friend asked me, Daylin, have you ever touched a dead body? At seven years old, this lady asked me, have I ever touched a dead body? Like, I looked this woman in her face <laughs> like, no. <laughs> uh, no, I swear I haven't. It was like <laughs> this weird gang initiation. This lady put, picked my hand up and put it on the chest. She did not. I, hand to God. Oh, my God! This lady picked up my hand and put it on the chest of this dead body. And I remember just looking at my grandmother, like, like first of all, you're too old to be hanging around <laughs> bad influences like this. That, that's first and foremost. <laughs> but I jerked my hand away, and I ran out of that sanctuary, like, screaming. But it wasn't until that night I was asleep on my grandmother's couch. I woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning, and literally standing in the doorframe, was that same young man. He had on the same gray jacket, white shirt, and a thin black tie, and he was just staring at me.
1: Oh, my
0: gosh. I screamed at the top of my, man, listen, my (laughs) grandmama came running in. Like, I don't know about y'all, but she had the couch with, like, the plastic that I was attached to it. I'm sweating, so I'm stuck to the, I'm I'm trying to peel myself (laughs) off the couch. But I was literally, she grabbed me, and I could just point. And she looked, and I looked, and literally nothing was there.
1: Oh, my
0: gosh. Nothing was there. That
1: is so traumatizing.
0: Yeah, I was seven. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And ever since then, I always wondered, like, did I really see what I thought I saw? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Or was I dreaming? But after doing Ghost Brothers for so long, like, I know things exist like uh, attachments. And I know by me probably touching this dead body. There's no telling what could have followed yeah. me back oh my that night. So, yeah, man, that was my first, like, little dabble into the paranormal. And it's always been in the back of my mind. And, yeah, I think that's always was kind of led my curiosity moving forward.
2: I hope that gunshot outside didn't pick rip- up Listen, man, trigger warnings, man. Trigger warnings, guys. <laughs> For sure. All right, so how did you meet... Juwan and Marcus. Yeah, yeah,
0: man. Small world, man. Uh, When I graduated from high school, I was Dallas, Texas. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia to go to college. And me and Juwan met in college. We were pledging the same fraternity. And so anybody that's ever pledged a fraternity, you don't don't know (laughs) who's going to be your friend, your frat brother, or your line brother until you meet up the night that you start. So I had never seen Jawan before a day in my life. Like Jawan wasn't the sex symbol that Jawan is now—the chiseled jaw and six-pack and all of that. Jawan was chubby. He wore glasses. (laughs) Like that was Jawan back in two thousand and three, two thousand and four. But yeah, we met pledging the same fraternity, and uh, yeah. And during that same time, Marcus uh, was—he wasn't in school, but he was cutting hair. Mm -hmm. at all the colleges in the area. So everybody knew Marcus just around the way from just hustling and cutting hair. Look at that. Yeah.
2: Amazing. You guys come across on Ghost Brothers as happy-go-lucky, just fun, enjoying life, enjoying what you do. The fans obviously see what's on the show, but tell me a fun fact about yourself and about the other two guys that maybe most fans don't know.
0: Huh, a fun fact about us that most fans don't know. I mean, so, I mean, it's we're genuinely friends, right? So, like, I was just telling someone the other day that, like, a lot of television shows, like, they cast these groups of people and it becomes forced relationships. You know what I mean? It's you, 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 you come together, get to know each other, and then film this TV show. Mm-hmm. This is literally like your best friend, <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone you've been knowing for 20 plus years and y'all just so happen to be fortunate enough and blessed enough to uh, have the same opportunity to follow your lap at the same time. That's you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like when you have a group of friends, like you want everybody to like something great to happen at the same time yes. in everybody's life so everybody can enjoy it together at the same time. And it usually doesn't happen like that. No. It's usually like you got one friend that breaks out as like the athlete and he goes off or the lawyer, the, whatever. But like, yeah, we all three are experiencing the same blessing at the same time in real life. So, yeah, just I mean, I, so I'm trying to think like Juwan, he's real like Juwan is real anal. <laughs> like and that can kind of get us on the road. Juwan's the type of person. He always drives when we're together. So anytime it's all three of us somewhere, he drives if we have a rental car. But he's the type of person that pulls up to a place and doesn't get out the car. Do you know people like that? That like take their time getting out the car. Yeah, I'm like the they sitting
2: across p- from one. Oh. oh my gosh! Are you like that?
1: Yeah, a little oh, bit. I, uh. It's awful. It's not a good thing. Really? No, you know,
2: Kevin Hart used to do a bit about his uncle about how they would get in the car and then <laughs> yeah. he'd check the mirror right. and he'd do this and that. And then my my daughter used to always play that clip and say that's Tracy right. that's Tracy because yeah. it, it really yeah.
0: is well yeah that's Juwan it takes Juwan 45 minutes to, to leave any place like Juwan's the type of person if you go anywhere with him he has to shake everybody's hand on the way out and say goodbye to everybody three times on the way out like man bro we could you gotta start your on the way out process like two hours in advance <laughs> if you hang out with Juwan yeah.
2: What about Marcus?
0: Uh, Marcus is just like he's always funny. Like he always has a joke to say, and he's always laid back. Like, it, but there's always a level of honesty in Marcus's jokes. It's like the uh, they put the medicine in the like this in the sugar, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like he he, he spoon feeds you your medicine <laughs> with humor. So with Marcus, you laugh at the joke, but always look at what the deeper meaning is cuz there's always there's, a al- in there there's always a lesson somewhere yeah for sure
2: what about you what's something most people don't know
0: uh something that most people don't know about me um so i'm i enjoy being by myself i've always been that 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 type of person i was a person that like uh, i go to the movies by myself i go out to eat by myself <laughs> like i'm just okay being by myself so like people always but jawan and marcus they're total different like they are the social butterflies Mm -hmm. so like people will be out and people see the ghost brothers you know what i mean and they expect the ghost brothers energy (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) between all three of us and it's just like you'll see dalen in the corner by himself (laughs) like drinking the water (laughs) bottle like (laughs) but yeah it's it's fun though it's fun
2: all right so let's let's Turn the page a little bit, and and let's get serious for a few minutes. When Ghost Brothers came out, it basically dispelled some of the stereotypes about African Americans in the paranormal world. And I think you've opened the doors. You've changed a lot of mindsets, Uh uh, my personal opinion. I know I I had a really good friend that we lost uh, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, and he used to tell me, he was African American, he would tell me, you know, it was something a lot of people believed, but they just didn't say it. Right. And, I, you know, so I would always pick his brain about it because he'd always come back and tell me all these awesome stories, but he'd say I was the only person he could tell them to. Right, right. And, you know, so what do you think what you guys have accomplished with getting the show, having it, you know, worldwide, basically, and and, and just having people look up to you? Mm-hmm. What kind of feedback do you get from the African American community about right. the doors that you've opened?
0: Right. It's funny, man, when we first started, that was like our biggest concern, right? It's like how we how were we going to be viewed by our community doing this show? Cuz uh we didn't know what the intentions was of like the network in creating this black cast, fully black cast of Ghost Hunters, right? Were you trying to have a legitimate show to just show like a minority perspective? Or were you trying to create this spoof, this, you know, scary movie, Wayne's Brothers, slapstick, funny humor. And we didn't want to be the butt of any jokes, right? Like we felt like if we were going to get the opportunity, we were guys that were literally yesterday sitting at home wondering if these shows were real. If we're going to do it, we want to be those same guys and be able to either vouch for it or tell the viewers at home, nah, this stuff is not real. And as long as we got that opportunity, we were cool with it. And, uh, yeah, when we got the show, the feedback was actually really good. Like we didn't have any, not from our community. (laughs) Like we, we, we did get death threats. (laughs) Yeah. We got like a lot of, uh, crazy comments starting off. But over the years, it started to subside. Like We had to literally, the travel channel, Discovery Communications had to bring us to New York when the show first came out. And we had to meet with their legal team and their security team because of the comments that we were getting. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy when we first came out.
2: Why do you think there was the animosity? It was just
0: something different. It was different. It was different. It was just something totally, totally different. And I see now, like the fan, you start learning about like demographics and stuff when you start uh, getting involved in television and working with networks. So you know who exactly is watching the television shows and who, where in America they are, the type of people, the age, the the sex, the race, like all, they have all these demographics and you see who watched the paranormal shows. And uh, yeah, just to say a lot of people weren't happy about these group of black guys coming into this predominantly white field of investigative. And I felt like people thought that we weren't taking it serious or we weren't going to take it serious. And I think people had to really give it a chance and watch it to see that, oh, okay, these guys aren't spoofing. This is just a different perspective in something. So I've had a lot of people come to us in real time, man, and be like, look, man, I hated you guys. I wanted to punch you in your face. Uh, But then I watched the show, and, man, I love you guys, man. I love it. I love it. And I was like, see, that's all it takes. Like, just give us a chance. Mm -hmm. Give us a chance.
2: I love the fact that you guys will go to places that, you know, heavy slave plantations back in the day and stuff, and, and use the approach of, you know, hey, they may be more willing to speak to us yeah. than they would be a group of white guys down yeah. there because, you know, they yeah. probably don't have the best memories yeah. of, of white people from, yeah, it's you know, funny. the
0: 1800s. It's funny, when we first, <laughs> we didn't know anything about ghost hunting when we first started. Like, equipment, we didn't know anything about equipment. Like, we were getting frustrated because they were trying to make us use equipment. And we didn't know what any of this stuff was. We was like, I'm not, my thing was, I'm not going to be on television looking dumb. <laughs> like right. holding a EMF detector SLF. all this stuff I know now back then I knew nothing about and I wasn't just going to be made a fool of on television but yeah yeah it literally was just a total different experience for us because we had no idea or background in what we were doing like we just wanted to, yeah, to just grow you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I got lost in your question just now. What was the question that you just asked me, man?
2: I don't know. I got lost in your question. Yeah, no, I was I like, just... shit. Nah, maybe
0: if I keep talking, I can bring it back full no, I circle. Was, <laughs> I was just saying
2: that if was cool that you guys took the approach of maybe <laughs> slaves would want Oh, talk no, to. that's
0: where I was going with it. The network, first season, because we didn't know about all these haunted places, they went and picked all the locations for season one. And it was just weird at first because it was like the first episode, we're gonna take you to a slave plantation. I was like, all right, that's cool. We've never done that before. Second episode, we're gonna take you to a stop on an underground railroad. (laughs) <laughs> okay like, all right third episode we gonna take you to this is where some slaves did like hold on man like what is this show that y'all are trying to create like it seems like y'all taking us to some real specific types of places man like where's the diversity in it but now in hindsight it was some dope places like magnolia plantation like that that was my first time on like a real life and i'm from texas like I had never been on, like, a real plantation, like, on one like that. And to be walking through it, like, it was a totally different sense, totally different appeal. And I do feel like we got a different vibe than maybe, like, our white counterparts when they investigated there. The spirits that we got in contact with, like, we had history or had uh, claims that they were aggressive. It was none of that when we were there. Like, we had a total, like, welcoming energy for sure.
2: You know, you had mentioned, you know, that maybe they're looking for very specific places. Like, maybe it's kind of like, ah, I see what you're doing. But, you know, now that you've been in the game for so long, it seems like there are a lot of haunted places. The stories that we do, it just seems like there's a lot of them, especially in the South. They have a lot of ties to... Slavery or yeah. something like so you yeah. almost you almost can't get away from yeah. the topic yeah. when no. you're in the South talking yeah. about haunted places. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, man, people die every day and everywhere. There's a whole bunch of other stories. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a whole bunch of other stories than that's, slave stories. That's true. That's there's true. war. There's <laughs> like yeah. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. But it is cool. It's always cool when like we do get a, a, a interesting story because I feel like we get to maybe relate to someone in the story who may not have been relatable when other people do the investigation. You know what I mean? So it's almost like we give that voice to these characters that may not have had it in the past.
2: What's the most active place that you've investigated?
0: Um, the House of Wills and oh yeah, shit, we're out here. Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio, the House of Wills, man the craziest place I've ever been to in my life. It was built in like the early 1900s. It's like this 40,000 square foot megaplex. It was built as a Masonic temple. Wow. And the architect that built it, he built it in a manner in which uh, it was to harness all the energy of anyone that came in and out of this place. Fast forward to the 1960s, it became Cleveland's number one black owned funeral home. Fast forward to the 2020s, it is now Cleveland's number one satanic church.
2: Oh, wow. A little bit of everything. Oh,
0: my gosh. So, if you subscribe to the theory that it's harnessing all this energy, you got death, mourning, sadness, grief. That's just from the funeral home. Yeah. Now, the devil literally is there (laughs) twice a week (laughs) holding service. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. That place is, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would never go back.
2: Well, that might play into the next question then. Has there ever been a time when you've been investigating a place to where you felt out of your element as far as, like, either scared or frightened or, like, you know what, this this is probably a little more than I bargained for? Has that ever happened during an yeah, investigation?
0: Yeah, 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 man, yeah, all the time, but specifically, like, uh, the House of Wheels, man, in Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio, bro, like, because – It's different where, like, the story is, oh, you know, this child died here and he's just trapped and wants to find his mommy and needs help. Like, that's cool. You know, you want to help the babies. The Ghost brothers love the babies. (laughs) But then there's places like the House of Wheels where literally the devil, like the devil himself. Not like somebody pretending to be the devil. (laughs) Like, this is literally the devil. You can... If you wanted to meet the devil, <laughs> like that's where you would walk into, man. So just knowing that you're in a place that that dark, man, you can only expect the craziness to happen. And then the building's like dilapidated, like it's just every horror movie that you've ever watched <laughs> bundled up into one so building. We will not be building. going there, okay? yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah, and you could you could rent it out. You can go, like he allows sure, that type of stuff. He's
1: probably already got his wheels turning, like Alrighty.
2: yeah, yeah. I'm it's like, in my no. wheelhouse. Hey, Amen. Yeah, no. <laughs> all
0: right, all right.
2: All right. So let's talk. I want to talk about the shows you got. Then I got something that I didn't put into questions, but it came up after my questions were submitted. Tell me about. So you guys, you Marcus Jawad, you you knew each other. You knew you wanted to do something with the paranormal. But how did the show actually come to be? How did you guys get together and? pitched this to where it it became a TV show.
0: Yeah, so uh, we were working behind the scenes in television at that time. So me and Jawan was doing wardrobe and Marcus was cutting hair on television. So we were watching how people shot television shows literally every single day. And then when we had the idea for Ghost Brothers, we couldn't find any black people doing it. So we had to essentially just shoot it ourselves. But we didn't have any cameras, we didn't have any equipment, we didn't have anything. So, literally, we did what any fresh out of college broke kids would do. And that was uh, put an ad on Craigslist. <laughs> like, literally, we was like, we got $63 <laughs> and we were looking for somebody that has a camera and that can edit. And one guy responded back to our ad. Literally, one person. This guy, he called himself um, Spike Spielberg. <laughs> That was the first red flag (laughs) right there, the Spike Spielberg. But, I mean, that's all we could afford, man. So we literally hired this guy. We drove to Savannah, Georgia, and, uh, yeah, we essentially shot, like, two or three attempts of us trying to investigate. Well, we, you know what I mean, we didn't have any equipment, so it was literally just us walking around haunted rooms and hotels. Yeah, like talking to a dead silence and we shot it, and uh, yeah, came back to Atlanta. And Spike left to go edit our footage. And we never heard from Spike <laughs> again. <laughs> like, he took the, our footage and left. To this day, never heard from him. Don't know whatever happened to that stuff. So we had to do the process all over again. Oh my gosh. And we did it all over again. And we shot it, edited it up, and we kept it this time. Yeah. We took a couple of meetings, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Couple people that we thought had connections to television, and we kept getting the same responses. Like it was the first one was, black people don't hunt ghosts, so who's gonna watch a show with black people hunting ghosts? Like where's it gonna go? BT no, because black people don't want to watch black people hunting ghosts. Uh, where's it gonna go? A and E no, white people don't want to watch black people hunt ghosts. Yeah, like this literally this is a real life conversations that we were having. So I just put it on YouTube, and that was it. That is so crazy. I moved to L.A., and I was in L.A. for maybe four or five years, and I was driving for Uber at the time. And literally, I had a – I'll never forget. <laughs> I was downtown L.A. I had a, a Uber cli- a person in the car, and I got an email, and at a red light I opened the email, and someone said, hey, we saw your YouTube video. A television network is interested in uh, the idea of black ghost hunters, you're the only thing that we could find. <laughs> Would you be interested in discussing the idea of doing a television show? Like, I literally kicked the guy in the back. I was like, oh, you got to get out. You got to get out the back seat. Like, you got to go, man. He got out the car. I pulled over and I responded. And it was, it was fate. It was genuinely oh fate. Like, you couldn't, the stars couldn't align any better for that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I tell people all the time, like, if you're pursuing something or if it's something that you really want, you can't put your time frame on it. Cause you want like immediate gratification and yeah. satisfaction. Like you want something, you've been working for something, you want to see the fruits of your labor right then and there. But then if you would have told me, Dalen, if you were hold your horses. Wait six years, <laughs> go ride and drive Uber and have all these odds and end jobs, deliver groceries. But in six years, your idea is going to take off and it's going to be a thousand times larger than you ever imagined. Like, would you wait? So I was like, hell yeah, you would wait, man. So, yeah, I tell people all the time, man, just keep putting one foot in front of the next and like let it happen, however long it takes because it'll be worth it. Because I'm telling you, never in a million years would I have thought Ghost Brothers. It's a thousand times bigger <laughs> than I ever imagined it for it to be. Like I could have never imagined for it to be worldwide, international, like I was in Amsterdam. Me and Jawan were walking the streets of Amsterdam one time. And a guy randomly ran up to us with his phone out and was like,
1: uh.
0: is this you? <laughs> we was like, hold on, let me see, is that me? Like, yeah. He was like, oh, my God, man. I, I He was honest. He was like, I illegally download your show because <laughs> it doesn't air way out here. But I found it online, man, and I think it's like the funniest thing ever. And I just think it's cool, man. It's just cool to be, it's cool to entertain people. Yeah. Really In whatever is. way that that is. Yeah.
2: So, you get the email. What was the phone call like when you called the guys to tell them? I'm sure it started off with, you're not going to believe
0: this. Yeah, yeah. I think Jawan was more so like, okay, let's just see. <laughs> it wasn't until, because Juwan was in Atlanta at the time, I had to go through like a series rounds of like talking to people, a few meetings. Juwan hadn't seen anything. He was just getting updates from me. So, I don't really think he really knew how real it was. Yeah. Until they flew him to L.A., and he walked. I remember seeing his eyes. <laughs> like we walked into this big building, and it was this big boardroom that you would see on television, like whatever you imagine these L.A. big TV offices, production offices look like. And we walked in the room. It was me and Jawan, two black guys, and I promise you, it was probably twenty white people sitting around the table.
2: I'm like, I'm sure that's not uncomfortable yeah no it was like whoa <laughs> alright
0: and I remember looking at his eyes and it was just like hearing these people's vision of what they had for what we had been trying to do and I think in that moment he realized like wow okay this might be real and then it was it was huge Marcus wasn't so interested in doing it at first he didn't want to be known as a ghost hunter that was his exact words he was like, do I don't want to be known as a no ghost hunter and he was like, yeah, he was totally against it. But after like us talking to him and like letting him know, like, man, it could be something interesting, man. Like, when else do you get the opportunity to be the first black anything? You know what I mean? Like, that's cool, no matter what it is. Like, no matter what you put after, oh, he's the first black guy to dot dot dot. Like that's always interesting. So to be like, we're the first, you know, black people to be hunting ghosts on television or whatever like we're speaking or telling the story or our perspective for a whole lot of people that may not have had their perspective voiced. And ever since we've been doing it, we've got a ton of feedback from just young minorities across the board, men, women, men across the board, just saying thank you for like, you know, them now feeling comfortable yes. to express their beliefs or their interests without having to, you know, that's worry about, feeling. like, the yeah. kickback from it. Yeah, that's
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah. All
2: right, so we've covered that one. How did Fright Club come to be? How did you guys get hooked up with, with, with Jack? Was this something that the networks came up with and approached you guys with, or is it something that you guys came up with? Or So gonna-
0: the honest-to-God truth about Fright Club, I think Jack had the idea, and uh, it was just him. It was going to just be a show with Jack Osborne and him going through clips and he was going to be bringing in different talent from Travel Channel to be just like guests, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to be looking at clips with them. So they wanted to shoot the pilot for the idea. And uh, they reached out to me just asking, would I be one of the guests just to come on, just to shoot this pilot? It's not going to air on TV. It's just to show like a proof of concept to the network. And being Jack came. That was my first time really like just meeting Jack. And we literally hit it off, and someone behind the scenes was like, "Maybe the Ghost Brothers should do it with Jack." And they started off just like as like a little joke, but literally like four months later, (laughs) like we get a phone call and was like, "Hey, would you guys be interested in doing like this show idea with Jack?" And it was like, "Yeah," it just unfolded. Yeah, it was yeah, kismet is what I call it.
2: (laughs) All right, so. I know from what we do, we find running a podcast, which most people wouldn't think would turn into anything other than just sitting here and talking, we get a lot of gratification from people who send us emails telling us how much the show means, how it's, we've had people literally say we've saved their life because we talk about the suicide prevention hotline and depression, we've given out our phone numbers over the air to anybody who wants to call us if they need somebody. And that is uh, something that's been big to us. That's why we do the show more than any other reason now is because we feel like people depend on us. Right. What's the most gratifying part of what you've been able to accomplish, whether it be through Ghost Brothers or whether it be through Fright Club or any other venture you've done since then?
0: Right. To be completely honest, man, I think the best part is uh, you don't realize how you touch people. Because you don't, once we film, that's it. Like, I don't get to see you at home watching the show, right? I don't know what you're going through in your day-to-day life before you even sit down to watch this show. So people come up to us all the time and just let us know, like, where they are in their life and, like, how sharing a laugh with the Ghost Brothers has literally changed everything for them. And I think for me, the the one thing that touched me the most, and I think it touched all of us, like, we almost brought all of us to tears. <clears throat> I think it was at Scarefest. Uh, a woman came up to us, and she said that a few months ago, like, she was diagnosed with, like, terminal cancer. And she only had, like, a few months to live. And she was like, all she wanted to do was meet the Ghost Brothers.
1: No.
0: And I was like, Wow, like there's way more cooler shit that you could be doing, man. like but for you to be like you wanted just to laugh with us I, mean, I don't know like I you can't it makes you realize like how I don't know man like just truly, truly grateful for the opportunity to like be able to touch people that way so whatever whatever she was going through. Whatever, for that moment, like she was able to like just get fulfill whatever that dream, that instance, whatever she was looking for, she got whatever she was looking for. And that was dope to know that she felt so like endearing towards us. she had this idea of what her interaction was going to be when she met us. she had this expectation of what she thought it was going to be. And for us to meet that. Was just super dope, man. Just super, super dope. So yeah, we get a lot of that. We get a lot of a lot of that. Yeah.
2: Makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? Man, it does it it
0: It just doesn't you because you that's the thing that you can't account for. Never in a million years could you account for something like that. Like you think a TV show, you think, oh yeah, people may watch it, da-da-da, but you don't think about like people who said they were at the lowest point of their life and you were able to make them laugh or they've been trying to build a relationship with their child for the past three or four years, but now they have a common interest in Ghost Brothers. Or their spouse was on their, you know, deathbed, and this is the last show that they appreciated together. Like, all that type of stuff. Like, you can't account for stuff like that. Like, that alone, at the end of the day, it's been totally worth it.
2: Yeah, because I mean, you you work your tail off, you put in all the hard days, and there's some days that I'm sure you're just like, man, I'm just can't wait to get home and just you know yeah and then yeah. all of a sudden then you realize man there's people out there that literally live and die by, by your show
0: man it's it's a blessing it's a, it blessing. a blessing it's a blessing like i wouldn't trade it for the world i'm grateful for it i'm thankful for everyone that watches even you guys sitting out here man just listen to me talk like that thank you i appreciate each and every one of y'all like that means the world to me for sure for sure
2: last year and a half has been tough on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You guys found ways to still have fun. Yeah. And is it my understanding that that is leading to a podcast?
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Man, I always bring everything back to religion, man. And I told God a long time ago, you keep blessing me, man. I'm going to keep screaming from the mountaintops, like, who did it? And we, during the pandemic, we started doing what was called Ghost Brothers and Chill. So it was just us doing a live Zoom call with any and everyone that loved the Ghost Brothers. So we would send out a link online and everybody can click on it and (laughs) cut your camera on and you can be face to face with the Ghost Brothers and we're talking to you, laughing with you. And we started doing it literally every week (laughs) during the pandemic and we grew like a wildfire, and like we had weekly favorites, and like people would come in, and you would start recognizing people, okay. and you start knowing people's stories, and like this family, what they're going through. We're talking about it every week, it was like this real family experience. And we would get off every week and be like, Man, we got to do a podcast, man. We keep doing this, we gonna get a podcast, and who would have known like a year later. We would literally have a real life podcast. So we've been blessed and fortunate with Travel Channel and Discovery Plus to do that their first ever podcast. Nice. So it's called Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers. It's actually started yesterday. Oh, so anywhere you listen to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers. We mix a lot of uh, horror with a lot of humor. So be prepared to, you know, have some chills, but a whole lot of laughs.
1: And that's the best mix ever. Yeah.
0: It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. People don't even realize that, like, horror and humor and, and horror have been, like, side by side yeah. forever. Like, even if you go back and watch old Freddy Krueger, Jason movies, mm-hmm. like, there's always, like, that little undertone of humor <laughs> in the scenes. Always.
1: Congratulations. I think it's no. well deserved. Thank you.
2: I know everybody's gonna love it.
0: So. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, of Thank course. you. Thank you. You guys Thank are
2: awesome. You. Yeah, yeah. Anything else down the pipeline that we need to know about?
0: Yeah, so uh Fry Club, we just finished filming that. Set airs at the top of the year. So be on the lookout for that. Uh our podcast, Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers, started yesterday. So we have ten episodes of that. Aaron, one comes every week. Uh, our investigator show lights out. We start filming that at the top of the year. So wow. all next year, you're going to be a lot of Ghost Brothers content coming awesome. out. So yeah, be on the lookout for sure.
2: Good for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What's the best way for everybody to keep up with what's going on with Daylon Spratt and the Ghost Brothers and yeah. all the other shows? Is there a one-stop shop you can go to? Or?
0: Yeah. So I try to keep everyone posted uh, updated every day on my personal Instagram which is just my name, Daylon Spratt. Same with Facebook and Twitter. I'm literally Daylon Spratt on all platforms. So I try to literally, all the appearances, updates on our TV shows, I try to post them. But I'm very, very active on Instagram. And people joke. Like, I always, I try to respond back <laughs> mm-hmm. all the time. That's so good. like Yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, like that's, we live in a day and age where you can touch the people and talk to the people. So you should. Yeah.
2: I agree. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Can't wait to see the future holds for uh, you and the rest of your your buddies over at Ghost Brothers and Jack Osborne. Yeah. And
1: yeah, I'll tell Jack we said what up. I
0: definitely will. He got to come <laughs> do the Hillbilly podcast. Yeah, I've, sent,
2: I've sent Zach several messages. I mean, not uh, Jack, several messages over the years. Yeah. Pons, Don't worry. I'm about to get on him. Yeah. I'm about to go. get on <laughs> him. Yeah. I for think sure. he just thinks I was going to ask for Ozzy to come on and see if he had a connection. Nah. I wouldn't do that. Yeah,
0: to nah. I That's have so to get cool. on Jack for sure.
2: <laughs> it's been fun, man. I'm, I'm so glad we got this opportunity. Dalen Spratt, everybody. Thank you, get guys. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
1: An honor.